1: On today's episode of The Glue Guys, where we're talking about news around surrounding Nick Claxton's possible contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets and... Mike, you're bearing the lead. Who cares about Nick Claxton? LeBron James is hanging out with rabbis in New York. Yeah. Need I say more? Yeah, that's all we need to talk about. to the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello. check us out on twitter at BKGlueGuys. glue netsdaily.com the athletic get yourself behind the paywall
2: at the athletic.com slash glue guys a subsidiary of the new york times brian my goal the nets are not sick they, they feel a little back oh yeah you, the, but that's sick, this sorry. time of year you get uh, you get your allergies you think the nets are back Tell me why. Back, back in the news, Mike, at the very least. Back in the news. We're the only place where we want to be anymore, you know?
1: This is a jammed packed show for a, a, a May 23rd. It's been about 20 days since the Nets played a basketball game. But yeah, we have so much to discuss. Let's just dive right in. Let's. Sean Devaney Devaney, from Heavy.com. I've seen his name around Twitter a lot. I think he used to write for Sporting News or something. Mm-hmm. Uh an NBA executive tells him that the Brooklyn Nets are, quote, comfortable matching offers for Nick Claxton. NBA That NBA executive expects a mid-level market, something we've been saying here on the show for many months, possibly three years, $35 million, a very specific dollar amount. Uh, this NBA executive says that the team's not 100% sold on Nick Claxton, but Sean is a believer in development and, They're not going to give up on him that fast. Brian, three years, $35 The Nets want to retain Nick Claxton. How do you feel? Mike,
2: you know what I never want to hear again? I want to never hear like, oh, the glue guys. They're not real fans. They're not. Listen, we just started a show in which there was a pretty long form article about LeBron James to Brooklyn Nets rumors. And we led the show with some recent reporting on Nick Claxton's um, well, restricted for stuff. That sales. is
1: a producer trick because I know if we start with LeBron, we're never going to get to Nick Claxton <laughs> because this LeBron news is so massive, so yeah. league changing that if we begin with LeBron, we'll just never get to. That's fair. Was James Claxton?
2: Um, I'm. I'm. I guess. Well, here's my thing. I guess with the Nick Claxton situation, I'm glad to hear that we we talked over the summer about how there needed to be some kind of culture building, ethos, style hires, acquisitions, and you know beyond that, um, keeping players who have somewhat contributed to that very recently, keeping some level of consistency. Uh, Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton, chief among them. Good to hear that that's happening um, on some level. I like that they've made their intentions obvious. You know, I know that there's a lot of people out there in Nets Twitter who are going to raffle copter and you know <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're going to take off in the raffle copters because Nick Claxton had some very bad nights at the free throw line um, during that Celtic series, and that's that's obvious. There's he is a not fully complete player, um, but he represents a lot of what we want potentially going for in the future. He's got a good ceiling. You know, I, I just like that. We're making it clear that like, Hey, we're going to start paying the, you know, mid-level guys. Um That's a good place to be. I, you know, say what you will about the contract. I think it's, you know, it's, it's not so punishing. It's a little bit more than I think we would have expected, but, um but maybe not. It's probably well within the range.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's the top. I, I mean, we've talked about it all along that he's going to get the mid-level. I think what it ultimately is, is like, So, there's two different mid levels. There's the taxpayer mid level, and then there's the non taxpayer mid level. Um, So, if you're a team that's not very good and you're under the tax, Nick Claxton would be a pretty wise gamble. Thinking of Detroit, Oklahoma City, really any team that's not very good, the Knicks. You know, it it would make sense to sign Nick Claxton because, regardless of whether Nick Claxton is going to be sort of on the Jared Allen trajectory, he at least is going to be an ultra-athletic five who, if he develops more parts of his game, could be a more athletic Clint Capella, right? So the market was always going to be there. To me, it's a huge indication. If if this is true, if the Nets are actually going to match any offer, pretty much any offer for Nick Claxton, it it, it goes to something that that Josiah has answered sometimes but has not answered in other times which is how much more are you willing to pay for this team? If, if he's willing to not just pay Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, but also pay Joe Harris, which he's paying, Nick Claxton, and then maybe even Bruce Brown, it's very valuable to have Nick Claxton. It's valuable to have him for future trades. Like If, if you just let Nick Claxton go, you're making it impossible on Sean Marks to make any potential trade in the future because they'll have no contracts beyond the big ones to trade or Joe Harris. So I think it's a good sign. Now, let me ask you this. Let's say Bruce Brown will get paid the exact amount of money that Nick Claxton does. Mm -hmm. And you had to choose between Nick, Nick Claxton,
2: Bruce Brown. Where are you choosing Brian? I got to say, and I hate to do, well, actually this kind of is interesting because it really is dependent potentially on the forthcoming third star or existing third star on our team. LeBron James, um, you know, depending on, um, actually, I don't know that it does because Ben Simmons does a lot of what LeBron jo- does as well, but just to a lesser effect, um, in, in many ways. So I can't tell if there's like, if, if it's a personnel decision about like, who oh, what does like Bruce Brown do that Nick Claxton doesn't, it's just sort of like, you know, just stacking them together. Who's what's the, who's the net positive, um, yeah. I think it's Bruce Brown. And that's only, that's a, it's a feelings based argument. I do think that like you could make a, I could hear a very strong argument for Nick Claxton. I really could just because I think he's a really rare player. Uh, everyone, obviously, we don't have to go over the fact that he's a sensational switch defender for his size. That's, that's the, the hallmark that he brings. But Bruce Brown is like, we really don't have guys with, Dog. We don't have the dogs, Mike. And not the, that Nick Claxton the doesn't care. <laughs> Nick Claxton, when he dunks, he has a a very enjoyable sp- like spasm, which which is a version of that's the beginnings of a dog. There's something there. But Bruce Brown's <laughs> dogness is it's fully mature. It's a you know it's a fully evolved Pokemon, and it's a Cerberus, Mike. That dog, um, a three headed dog from from Harry have you Potter. Been... <laughs> it's also it
1: sh- it's also a shout out in encanto in oh, Louisa's song uh under pressure i think the song is called hercules don't want to fight cerberus i think it's the line
2: it's also a shout out to greek mythology shout out to greek mythology <laughs> what <laughs>
1: shout out. you're telling no, me cerberus wasn't first in encanto n-
2: never gets never gets enough credit
1: um um yeah you're a real homer for greek mythology <laughs>
2: And you're sick, too, everybody. The man is sick. His his brain is fogged and clouded, and he's still he's firing off puns like that. That's I feel really, like I, really I, well know, I that was a just high bra- That was a highbrow. That's a New York Times quality <laughs> pun,
1: Mike. Um, someone did tweet us and say all we do is just laugh at each other's jokes, which is called friendship. That's what – I'm sorry. Hey, oh, if, you don't be, a-
2: if you don't want to be part of our friendship, then fine. You Don't laugh at our jokes <laughs> with
1: us. <laughs> it was meant as like a diss on our podcast that we, listen, we laugh at each other's jokes. I was like – well, I will take that I will take that slander to,
2: to, I didn't actually laugh at the Homer joke. I just want to put that out there for the record. I I, <laughs> I made a knowing I was impressed it was <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I made a smile and it was a nod of imp- I was impressed but I didn't laugh.
1: So I, I to go back to Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton, I don't mean to say that it is a choice between one or the other though it actually probably almost is. Um, there's a good chance that like you're gonna pick one or the other. Here's the thing, Bruce Brown, I have an idea that he could be out there in crunch time because he's been out there in crunch time for the team. He really improved by the end of this past season, became even a better player than he was when he was like the small ball center extraordinaire that he was two seasons ago. But the ceiling for Nick Claxton is just so much higher. You know what he was at Georgia as being like almost the primary ball handler for the for the Georgia team. Does that still? We
2: se- check out to you though. I mean, I don't know. No, we
1: haven't seen an ounce of that. <laughs> I
2: don't think, in the, I don't think not, that that's on the table anymore.
1: Yeah, and but he is he has the potential to be one of the most switchable fives in the NBA. I mean, he already is. The thing that kills him is that he can't shoot. Like, if he could, I mean like the thing for nick is like can you just like work on a corner 3 for the next 6 months and come back with like some version of a corner 3 but he's such a bad free throw shooter that it's almost impossible to believe that he'll ever become a free throw shooter that does not shooter. that does not feel there
2: it, it was even like a little <laughs> bit specious with with jared allen like we were like hey could he it was blt he was going to be a blt center blocks yeah. lobs, and threes right, um, i forgot about that that That's didn't a, that didn't pay out um, so I, I feel like it. You know, expecting anything honestly on the offensive end from Nick Claxton is like that's icing on the cake. You you're really paying him for what he does on the defensive side, and like at that rate, that's sort of the going rate for primarily you know lob receiver slash good defending big men. So you know it's it's on market price. Who who complains about that?
1: Nick Claxton at uh, three years, thirty five million would be fine value. Um, I love Nick Claxton's potential, and you talk about culture builders. Like part of keeping a culture, not that Nick Claxton's like this engine of culture, but you, you do need to keep some guys around. You can't it's, constantly it's, yeah. be doing one-year veteran minimums. Turnover,
2: it's churn. It can't can't be churning. So
1: can't can churn that butter. No, you know, not, gotta not let like it, we have been. Gotta let it become like a overnight oatmeal. Just gotta let it <laughs> that let that happens? milk soak in mm, to the oatmeal. Gross. Um. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Coming back,
0: we're talking about LeBron hanging out with the rabbis. Fire
2: it up, fire it up.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. And we're back. Um me, I suggest
1: everyone go to netsdaily.com. There is a fantastic story on the site, which is cataloging. Here's the headline. Happening now, question mark, question mark, question mark. Rumors fly after Sean Marks and Rob Palenka stra- seen talking. And in that story, there are so many data points with which to extrapolate that LeBron James is going to be a Brooklyn Net Um, It's something that we broke here first on this show, and we are continuing to break as we are on 24-7 LeBron watch here officially at The Glue Guys newsroom. Here's what you need to know. I'm quoting from a website called IsraelHayom.com. Your homepage. (laughs) It is where I get all my (laughs) cooking advice. It's just uh, latkes and kugel. I
2: love a little little kugel.
1: Um. I'm reading directly from Israel Hayom.com. Lakers star, LeBron James, the second highest score in NBA history. I love, <laughs> I love that. Like that, that is the descriptor. He is the second highest score in NBA history, but like, I don't know if we need the comma. This is also what this guy is. I think you just start Lakers star, LeBron James or NBA superstar. LeBron James was documented on social media overnight Sunday At a religious event in New York, where he received a personal blessing from Mm. Rabbi Yushayayo Yosef Pinto, a well-known Kabbalist. It goes on to say that LeBron was there at the son of businessman Jay Schottenstein, who owns American Eagle. Uh, It was his son's wedding. And at the wedding, James met Pinto, who reportedly counseled him back in 2010 while James was still playing for the Miami heat last line of the story is the real kicker said seven years ago Pinto was convicted on charges of bribery and interfering with justice and was sentenced to a year in prison but our guy Rabbi Pinto's out talking LeBron James and have you seen the video Brian
2: it is a hilarious video I really do recommend everyone check it out it is you know people and we'll just say it's a foregone conclusion that LeBron's coming to that's based on this Um, you know, there's a lot of times where athletes and to a lesser extent, just every man like you and I, you know, they talk about moving to New York, making connections and stuff like that. And really you end up. You know, just living between your apartment and the bodega, and you're playing a lot of Xbox. Okay. That's what a lot of people do. They're not making <laughs> the connections. LeBron is, is seeming to be, he has sharpened his elbows and he is hobnobbing like, uh, already. He is <laughs> like to, to the, to the highest effect. I mean, there's not many people in the world that can go right, right to the belly of the beast like, like LeBron can. He's getting the most out of it.
1: When you go to Brooklyn Nets games, there are a certain type of people, my people, who tend to go to a lot of those games. There are a lot of Orthodox Jews that seem to have tickets very close to the court.
2: This is a calculated decision. <laughs> Mike, did you by just LeBron. throw yourself in with the Orthodox Jews? That's people are going to get the wrong impression. Well, they're my about people. That. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're my, I, is I that a Jew. Look, Hey, I'm here. I'm teach me, teach me. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't. Oh, I, well, I don't know. Don't Christians explain to me, yeah. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Fair. You know what a Goy is? I do. Come on. It's a Michigasa. I already know. It's a Shonda, Brian. It's a Shonda. <laughs> and and so LeBron is so
1: smart. He is so smart. Everyone would expect LeBron to sort of show up at the normal New York outposts, right? Like the he'll sh- see him show up at at um what's the Ciparelli's, Cipriani's, excuse me, Ciparelli's, Cipriani's. In Midtown, or he'll go to like Del Frisco's Steakhouse. I'm just thinking of everything they advertise SDK. on a taxicab. Yeah, cab. yeah. Uh, and those are, of course, he would show up there. Of course, of course, he'd be no, 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 no. LeBron goes deep into the, no. as you said, the belly of the beast. No, he's walking around with Rabbi Pinto, yeah. seeking blessings. And the video is is him in this like grand sort of location. It seems like he's like in in the depths of a historic temple. Yeah. And LeBron is just surrounded by Orthodox Jews. And LeBron is seeming to really, like, take in counsel.
2: I mean, he's literally, he moment. seems not only taking care, he's, like, being sort of held hostage by that by that <laughs> <laughs> so sort of, like The guy's got a, uh, he's cal- cal- down onto his hand. Got him in the vice Which grip. Which
1: is a very, very Jewish thing. Again, my people can say, that, like, we we latch we like if we want to have that conversation we, we will pull you in and we, it'll be uncomfortable and very close talking no masks involved here yeah. at this uh at no, this no event not. not shocking um let me just put down some data points for you Please, a lot of this was in the nets daily article and we appreciate nets daily for the continuing coverage of lebron watch mm-hmm. 2022 um lebron is seen hanging out with orthodox rabbis uh, Bryce James, which if you're for the YouTube crowd, Brian has a photo. I, is, that the, is that an actual photo of Bryce James or do we just assume? Because the news story is that Bryce was seen spotted wearing a Kevin Durant jersey at gym class. One, <laughs> who's taking photos of... 13-year-old Bryce James, a gym class.
2: Yeah. What well, freak is out there doing that? <laughs> this appears to be, uh, so, you know, and we can, you know, I don't know if this, if this is doxing, but it was, should I say the Twitter account? It seems like it was an original from the Twitter account. Um, let's not. I'll just be on the safe side and not do it. It's out there. It's on the Nets Daily article. Okay. Very strange that we know that what Bryce James wears is a gym class, but he
1: was wearing a Kevin jersey. I'll Brooklyn just say this. It Kevin feels Durancher's.
2: like the gym teacher took the picture. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Don't know, unconfirmed. We've talked
1: about this before. LeBron himself, when he was asked, who would he want as his running mate in a game of two-on-two against MJ and Pippen, LeBron said Kobe, KD, or Kyrie. And now we also have this new data point at the Combine. Sean Marks and Rob Palenka were seen talking to each other, which Mm -hmm. literally could mean nothing or could mean everything.
2: No no reason to talk to Palenka about anything other than LeBron. I can't see it. I think you locked that in.
1: What is this real, Brian?
2: Dude, is I don't. Real Matt, Matt Brooks, shout out to Matt Brooks. Was you know, <clears throat> there's been a lot. We, we put out. You know, we're in the media. We're coastal media elites, sure. as you can yep. tell. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we we we're just shooting you know darts at a board. Our eyes closed, shooting darts at the board, right? In a lot of cases, there's we go off a lot less information that we have, a lot less dots on the board than we have now. <laughs> Matt Brooks, to his, to his credit, <clears throat> was like, yo, guys, do you do people seriously out there not think that this is a real thing? And there's just too many points of contact to think that. It, not, not to say that it's for sure going to happen or not, but the conversation is certainly afoot. Like, it's certainly afoot.
1: I did this whole – we did a special YouTube-only – uh, thing. So during our last episode, it came out that LeBron said he wanted to play two on two against Pippen and Jordan, and he had won Kobe, Katie, or Kyrie as his running mate. So then we did a special YouTube thing, and obviously not everyone watches our YouTube though. But everyone should be subscribing to the Glue Guys on YouTube. Smash plus a thousand subscribe.
2: Hammerjack, the come down with force on that. I've Subscriber. been watching a lot
1: of spray paint art. On uh YouTube, there's like this great German spray painter. Whoa. He does a lot of uh celestial beings <laughs> Okay. artscapes. <laughs> All right. My son and I watch it before bed so he can fall asleep. It's, awesome. It's kind of a we watch that in Bob Ross. We've a lot it of Bob incredibly Ross. Incredibly
2: relaxing, Mike. Look at you.
1: It is incredibly relaxing. Nice. So um smash the subscribe. Mm-hmm. Just go through the data points again. Not the ones I just said, but but other ones. Let's go back like five years. Okay. Famously, Kevin Durant and LeBron James like trained for an entire summer together. Mm. These guys used to be incredibly close. Um, Kyrie comes out this summer. I don't know if it was on the Exceteras podcast or if it was on his Twitch stream, <laughs> which is so funny that I'm have to say that. But um, he basically said, "You know, I was the reason why." LeBron thing didn't work out in Cleveland. I screwed up. I was too immature.
2: It was a deeply out of character mea culpa, like for for true boy Kyrie Irving. Very unusual
1: for mm-hmm. Kyrie to do that. Yes. Um, and a, an odd thing to say. A little odd, right? Why would you say that? Why would it come out of nowhere? And just kind of say that. Why would you apologize? You don't have to apologize. You guys won a championship long gone. But he decided to apologize. Um, I've said this before. LeBron is completely strategic in every move that he makes. Most of the time the move that he's making is bent around what's gonna help me win a championship.
2: I mean, how could you not be? I mean, you got a Ribby Pinto in your in your ear. You know, he's he's got he is connected. like everything is strategy, macro strategy.
1: I hope I cannot I cannot wait to see convicted felon Rabbi Pinto on the sidelines at Brooklyn Nets games honest. next to Mr. Whammy doing... <laughs> doing the Whammy? Doing Kabbalist blessings um, to convince the free throws not to go in.
2: Honest question. Is it poor form of me to say, to do the pronunciation Rebbe? No. You don't think so? You can you can Rebbe it ribby? up. I think Rebbe. I mean, up. I like the way it sounds better than Rabbi. I like to get Rebbe.
1: Rabbi. Oh, rabbi. <laughs> You're like a British person who hates when we call it water as opposed to water. Well, uh, um... <laughs> LeBron is calculated. LeBron started in Cleveland, goes to Miami, wins a championship. But when he was going to Miami, he was thinking first he wanted to play in New York. I don't know if everyone knows this. I produced an award honoree podcast series called Shattered. Hope Park break in the New York Knicks. Hosted by Chuck D from Public Enemy. Shut up. And part of it, it was about looking at the past 20 years of the Knicks under James Dolan. And part of it, um, sorry, I just got a slack that I'm like, oh, told me um part of it was about lebron's flirtations with new york pre the decision mm-hmm. lebron would go and he would make a big hubbub about what, every time he would go to new york pre the decision he would talk about how much he loved the mecca which mm-hmm. he loved new york mm-hmm. he had a whole like charity campaign going into the decision based around new york city and the playgrounds and playing basketball focused on New York, which is a very odd thing to do if you were not going to go play in New York. He goes to LA now. He's in LA. Wins a championship. That team is done. It's curdled. That is curdled. It's a curdled Westbrook, Davis,
2: LeBron milk. Yeah. Ugh. Just curdled.
1: Now, the Nets maybe aren't the bloom is off the rose slightly, right? Like I, you know, but hey, before I
2: Isn't that doesn't that mean good time for a change if the blooms off the rose, Mike?
1: Yes. That's, that means LeBron could take credit yeah. for winning a championship with the Nets. I know this is all silly and like, yeah, it probably won't happen. It would be crazy if – the ne- if not that the Nets would trade for LeBron. It would be crazy if the Lakers would trade LeBron. But another data point that we have. Bill Pulaski of the LA Times was on, I think, Colin Cowherd's show or something and said, I heard that Phil Jackson wants to get rid of LeBron. So –
2: the other it's part is not it, impossible to believe. well and also how many times do you need to see it to know that like if a player wants to get traded to a certain team it's a pretty good if, of a certain quality it's a it's a pretty good chance it's going to happen. Yeah. So, and particularly LeBron, if LeBron mm-hmm. says I want to play for the Brooklyn Nets,
1: now we have no indication of that. And I I will tell you when we will get an indication of that is like right after the last game of the finals, Shams will tweet out or Woj I'm hearing that LeBron James wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets and a deal is in place to send Ben Simmons to LA. Cuz that's the trade. Can I tell you how easy it is for the Nets to trade it's for inc- LeBron? I mean,
2: this is that's why it makes the, the other part of it is the economics are breezy, very breezy.
1: Like and if you're if you're clutch, so clutch obviously represents LeBron, Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis, it's pretty easy for clutch to be like, "Hey Ben, this is going to be best for you to just get out of New York, get get all get away from the East Coast, go to the West Coast, Vitamin closer D. to home in Australia. Vitamin D is good for you. Vitamin D, get out there. You seem to want to be you, all about the fashion, all about the celebrity life. You go to LA, you go become you and Anthony Davis are running mates with the Lakers. LeBron finishes career in Brooklyn, and it's KD, Kyrie, and LeBron storming the East. And from a basketball fit,
2: LeBron could really help the team.
1: Don't you think? I mean, I think it could help the team.
2: I, I prefer. Is he better
1: than Jeff Green?
2: <laughs> I prefer the yeah. dynamic of LeBron in that role <clears throat> versus Ben Simmons um, for a variety oh, yeah, of reasons. I think I do, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Can I tell you? The trade is I literally, you could do any m- machinations of the trade, but like Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas, De'Ron Sharp, and Kessler Edwards gets you LeBron. Like, if you put Ben Simmons and LeBron in the trade, getting the salaries to then get to the point where it works is very easy. Yeah. Um, you could really you you technically could keep Ben Simmons and do like Seth Curry, um, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and some other stuff, but like one, the Lakers probably don't really want that. And the Nets, like you would rather have Joe Harris and Seth Curry than Ben Simmons for at this point on this team, right? I think so it's silly but it's
2: not silly why is it silly <clears throat> i feel like you should you should be quadrupling down. i mean look nets daily posted the article where our hands are clean of this okay we've i will say that we were we were first to market with this news mike i looked around and we had the beat you know that's that's us we're just a couple of ambulance chasers We've mike.
1: got we, the beat we've got yes we do um
2: last do you want to talk about vibes oh i mean do you still I, want to talk about the vibes i don't have to i feel like i i would just i have no no actually i don't i'm just gonna say no Okay. Can I do a short thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is called
1: Four Lessons from the Final Four Teams in the NBA. It'll be quick. It'll be fun. I think every every time you get to this point in the postseason, you can learn from how mm-hmm. those teams built their teams mm-hmm. or how they developed their teams and how it has led them to the point where they are. And the Nets are definitely at an inflection point right now. Sure. Right? Sean Marks has talked about it. He's talked about we have to kind of get back to our old culture or old development culture. And I think it's partly because he sees how these teams are succeeding. I'll start first with the Warriors. The key thing about the Warriors, this is for Josiah. Joe Lakeup, the Warriors owner, was extremely comfortable paying contract after contract. He paid Clay, Curry, and Draymond, and he gave D'Lo that max contract that allowed them to get Wiggins in the first round pick. First round pick becomes Kaminga. Everyone's happy and everything's great. Because Joe Lacob is way overpaid for his team, it has put the Warriors back in the position where they're probably going to be the team, of course, in the Western Conference to go to the finals. They may win it because he has allowed the team to continue to add assets and he didn't strip them down in a moment when he could have. He, he really could have, as the owners say, Clay's done for two years. Draymond's, you know, Draymond had looked rough for a period of time. Let's just do a quick reset, dump a bunch of our contracts, Build around Curry one more time. No, they maintain the core. So for Joe this goes back. Pay Bruce Brown. Pay Nick Claxton. Continue. When you have these guys in-house, pay them. They can be put into trades later. For the Mavericks, what I'm learning, hey, having a small ball five is a pretty good thing. They decimate other teams when they have a big five. They make it really uncomfortable for them. The Nets need a Jeff Green type. I think number one thing in the off scene is is getting a Jeff Green type. Whoever that I don't know who that is. They,
2: they thought it was like, hey, Blake Griffin can <clears throat> basically moonlight as that position. Oh, not so much. It's tough.
1: It's like tough. It's, you know. Go ahead. That gets me to the next point with the Heat. What have the Heat done? What are they the what are the best teams in the league at? They get your Max Struces and your Gabe Vincent's. Mm-hmm. They they the Heat, unlike the Nets, the Heat. There's that cushy part of your roster. You have your stars at the top, and you have your, like, rookies, young guys at the bottom. The Heat, instead of targeting Blake, LaMarcus, Paul Millsap, they went with the Struces and the Vincents, right? The Nets used to be very good at finding the G-Leaguers, sort of the end-of-bench dudes around the NBA, Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, and developing them into significant role players in the NBA, then the Nets got all buyout happy with Blake, LaMarcus, and Paul Millsap. They need to get back mm-hmm. to, and I think Marks thinks this too, You know, I think Javon Carter was a move like this and didn't really work out, but they need to get back to getting that kind of like the three- to four-year NBA vet who obviously has some room to grow, but maybe was in a different situation and didn't, didn't have the right proper role. And you think, okay, if we get him into our system, put him in his specific place, I mean, Bruce Brown was that, and it worked out great. They need to what their roster needs to be built on is, of course, the stars and the starters, all the young guys like Cam and Kessler and De'Aaron. That middle part, give me give me some uh, give me some like 26, 27 year old been around the block a couple of times, but have some talent developmental dudes. Mm-hmm. Give me that. That's what I want. Um, well, last thing. <laughs> This goes all hand in hand. Development matters. Celtics. Grant Williams. Grant Williams is like the X factor of the entire playoffs. Yeah. Like it, I don't understand how it's happened where he's become like a twenty point per game scorer. How he's nailing threes. I mean, I, he's always he's been a very good three point shooter in the NBA this season, but he's been so crucial to them. The Nets need to develop at least one of Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, or Dayron Sharp. Like mm-hmm. they need one of those guys to become. A ten point scorer in the playoffs, like a decent contributor, they don't have that guy really, and they need to develop that. So lessons learned. I love it.
2: Of those three, who's gonna who's it gonna be? Mike put put some money in Kessler
1: Kessler Edwards. <laughs> I think care. the path for him becoming a valuable contributor is simply like, are you comfortable enough to take four threes a game, and then put the ball on the floor two times a game, where maybe you either get an assist or you put up a, a, a bucket. Right, like, can he do that? I think the defense is going to be there, and he's going to be more and more comfortable playing defense. He's, I think, he's really just—he's
2: pretty athletic as a wing. He's incredibly springy, yeah.
1: And they don't have—they don't have a him. They
2: need a him. Either he could be Ariza-esque, Mike, God willing. Do you think out of Cam, Castor, and Day? I don't.
1: I think Dayron. I don't. I don't know. I just I don't have much faith that it's a big.
2: Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Anyways, we don't have to go all into it, but like, I do have some concerns about Camp Thomas that I don't. You know, we don't need to air out totally now. I like his. I, the, I'm worried that the killer instinct was a facade that he had in the beginning of the season, and then I did not. I did not. That seemed like a new school, new me kind of facade. Love him, want him to <laughs> succeed. Um, I'm. I do worry about certain instincts that he has. Um, Dayron could be a totally great like utility. You know, second big off the bench. I. You know, I don't know that he's going to be like what we're talking about of Kessler Edwards being a guy who could like ostensibly come out and hit seven threes one night, you know, randomly, you know, just be a guy who's beyond just part of his part of the rotation in terms of being a, a threat is like actually have like really good shooting nights, you know? Well,
1: I'm so excited that we did this pod that we got to the bottom of LeBron going to Brooklyn. We'll probably talk about it 10 more times.
2: Mike, honestly, Uh, do you think it'll happen money? Like, you know, let's put some money on, on it. Yes or no? I, okay.
1: So For what I need to see, what I need to see before I get like really comfortable, really going on on that ledge is, I need. Oh, sorry, I just got another message. Okay. I need to see like some legitimate, semi-legitimate reporter saying, "I'm hearing buzz that LeBron wants out of LA." I don't even need it to be. I don't need it to be him saying like, "Oh, he's going to go to Brooklyn." If there's any buzz of him wanting to get out of LA. Then I'm like, I'm fully
2: in. I'm ready. Bet you Just a dollar. the engines. Bet you a dollar it happens, Mike. There it is. One dollar. I'll take it. You want confidence? You got it.
1: I love it. All right. Well, find us on Twitter. BK guys. That's L.A.com. Uh, the Athletic. And you, YouTube.
2: Smash that. Subscribe <laughs> and all that stuff. Nice. Thanks, everybody. We're out of here. Bye, bye, bye